Welcome back to Our Street. Lynn Fisher here with my preeminent buddy, Kurt Elder. Hi, Kurt. Lynn, I'm well preeminent. I will take that title most days. There you go. There you go. Well, today uh, we have a couple of special guests from the Center for People in Need. We have Michaela Carter, the Executive Director, and Steve Sheridan, the Deputy Director. Welcome both of you to the show. Thanks, Lynn, for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome. So uh, let's start off with uh, just some background. Uh, Michaela, you start first. Tell our listeners about you, where you came from, and how you got to be the executive director of the Center for People in Need. And then we'll move on to Steve and, uh, and get that out of the way so we, so we have some understanding about who we're talking to today. Perfect. Well, thanks. Um, I don't think my story is conventional by any means. I am exiting a 22-year career in banking. Um, I've been I've worked for two organizations here in Lincoln uh, for the last 22 years, and decided that I was ready to um, go into the nonprofit space. So I've been the executive director for the Center for People in Need um, for two months now. Um, so again, it's it's not a path that most probably traverse, but um, it's one that I'm honored and thrilled to be part of and to be here in this space today. I for, feel very firmly that that's this is where I'm supposed to be today. How long have you been in Lincoln? So I, I've been in Lincoln for the 22 years. So I, I had a career in banking where I, I grew up in Western Nebraska, Alliance, Nebraska. Um, I worked for First National out there and then I, I came to Lincoln and uh, continued with banking until, again, until two months ago. Very good. Well, Steve, tell us uh, about yourself, where you're from and and uh, and how you how long you've been in Lincoln and how you got to be with the, uh, with the center. Okay, great. Um, I've lived in Lincoln uh, most of my life. I was born and raised here uh, at a high school. Um, I started a job at what was at one time called Norton Laboratories, then it became Smith Klein Beecham, then it became Pfizer, and now it's Zoetis. So I was in that field for 22 years. And along that journey, as I kind of moved uh, and kind of grew up in that corporate world, uh, I started to kind of feel that there was something kind of missing. There was something else that I I wanted to pursue. And I've always been a big advocate for people. And so I started to, I went to school uh, at a later, uh, much later in life. And I, I started to go to school for the, in the human service field and got a master's degree in counseling. I thought one day I was going to own this great practice and be my own, uh, have my own practice and, and get into the mental health field. And as I was going through that journey, I started to work in a, a, another human service field and found out that I really enjoyed that. And as I continued that growth, then an opportunity um, came at the Center for People in Need and I applied for that and I was able to get hired on. At that time I was the director of programs, so I oversaw the programming out here. And then I worked my way and then became the deputy director a few years ago. And so that's kind of how I ended up here and uh, I couldn't be happier and I really enjoy. It's been fun with, with Michaela being here and her new energy and um, it's been a lot of fun. It's, we got a lot of exciting things in the horizon and, and uh, we're ready to go. So if I could just get some context of the Center for People in Need, unless you've needed the services or been in the orbit of the center, you may not know what the center is. If we can get a uh, just a quick background of what the center's history has been, I think that'd be important too. So either Michaela or Steve, whoever wants to take that on. 
I'm Please. sure we'll, we'll probably tag team this. Go a for it. Bit. Um, so the, the identity of the center has shifted and changed over the years. You know, some of the things are, have fundamentally remained the same, but next year we'll be celebrating our 20th year. And so um, there's much to be, to be excited about. There's much to celebrate. Um, but over the last 20 years, uh, fundamentally, food has been, has been something that has driven the Center for People in Need. As individuals have had food insecurity, um, we've always been able to provide that and we continue to provide that as a basic service. We also provide diapers to families. Um, uh, for those that have diaper uh, deficiencies and, and, and can't, get diapers for the children. We do provide those services. Um, we also have an amazing education platform. And I think that that's the piece that we are most excited about growing out and continuing with those 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 services, those emergency services will always remain and they will always continue. But we see them very much in partnership with our education platform. And that's how we are growing out as we look to the future. And the identity of the center has, like I said, shifted over the years. But for us, our go forward plan really is in that space of education and advocacy and that mentorship piece for individuals that we are supporting here at the center. Currently, we offer ELL services, um, which is English language learning classes. We offer Edutech, which is um, certifications or Google certifications for individuals to pursue in the IT field. Um, we also provide, uh, you know, Steve, I'm drawing blanks. We have our opening doors reentry program for those individuals um, that are reentering from incarceration. Um, they are able to, to um, get forklift operating um, licenses, they're able to get welding certifications. So we provide a huge platform there for folks that are coming back into the system after being incarcerated. Uh, we have our POP scholarship. Uh, how could I forget that? We have a scholarship program um, as, at SCC um, for individuals to go for two years um, and, and have everything taken care of in terms of their education. Again, we're building a platform for people to be successful and to see themselves in a different space from here. Not, not where they are today, but we want to grow with people and meet them where they are today, but we want to grow with them forward. Steve, what am I missing? I'm certain I'm probably no, you, missing something. You did, a, you did a really nice job. Um, I, I think the premise of really what we're trying to accomplish is those folks that are coming here who are stuck in this in this poverty world, and it's hard to get out. Um, not everybody can go to a four-year college, and, and the cost is um, pretty outrageous. Um, so what we want to do is for those who are wanting that uh, opportunity to get out of poverty, that's where this education, it's, it's going to be able to a pathway out of poverty. Um, and I think that's a way for us to be able to not only help those uh, in those emergency services and help with the wraparound services, things like that, and help eliminate some of those barriers so they can focus on their education to be able to move forward and get a, a, a job where they can be self-sufficient and be able to support their families. So a key word that I heard there was, well, pause. That's amazing about not just not just answer my question though. A question that I heard was coming here. So that has a spatial component to it. Mm. When people come to the you no know, to the Center for People in Need, they come from a place of need. Spatially speaking of Lincoln, where is that? Is it is it truly ever everywhere within Lincoln or is it following 
where poverty is. So when, when we think of where poverty is within Lincoln, it is a lot of the core of Lincoln. It is it's the Belmonts. It's the south of downtown. It's the blah, blah, blah. Is that where people are coming from or how, how do you describe coming from? That's a heck of a great question. I really it like is. it. So we serve, so in terms of who we serve in Lincoln, we serve people from all zip codes in Lincoln. So we don't have, I mean, there's, there's concentrations of folks when they come to us, but we serve people all across Lincoln in every single um, zip code. Actually, we, we just pulled information today. We have served 21 counties in Nebraska this year, so we have folks from 21 different counties that are coming to the Center for People in Need to receive services. And within Lincoln, we serve every zip code. And, and I think that that's, I think another piece of this, and we're talking about orientation of, of location, we have folks here that are coming here from the, to the United States for the very first time. We have, we have a large population of refugees, of immigrants that we are helping serve. So when we're saying they come to the center, you're right, Kurt, they come from, from lots of different places and spaces. And we do serve a very large population of, of refugees. And so as they come to Lincoln for the, the very first time, and, and maybe they orient themselves with, with, with Catholic social services or Lutheran family services, we're one of their next stops. Um, and so that's quite an honor, that's quite a privilege, and we don't take that lightly. And so when we're talking about people coming here, we're, we're talking about people coming here from all over the world. I sat in on my very first ELL class the first week I was here at the center as the executive director. And as I observed the participants, there was 18 students in the class. And of those 18 students, there was eight separate languages, not counting English, there were eight separate languages being spoken in that classroom that's pretty darn remarkable. And that just goes to show you the, 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 the breadth and the scope of, of the folks that we're serving. So I know in the second half that I, that I really wanna ask a lot about this type of drive. So we, we might cross over a little bit from here to there, but just again, learning more about the center. When we think about, you know, who do you serve and knowing that there's just a small amount of funds and, and we are trying our best to serve the most with those small funds. And sometimes that requires targeting. So as it's a balance, right? So sometimes you have enough of a water hose coming in to consume all your funds and you don't have time to target those with a, with, with like leftover funds. Um, is that the case that you're operating in now or are you actively out targeting certain neighborhoods? You know, so if we look at like the community health endowment, they have a targeted approach with place matters. How does your work balance between those two ideas? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's awesome, and, and Steve, feel free to you know definitely jump in. But you know, we're very intentional on on the folks that are coming here. So, for example, last last week we served eighteen hundred people. Last week, one week, we served eighteen hundred people coming here for food and diaper and and student services. Eighteen hundred people. So, really, Kurt, we're not necessarily going out and and and. And, and serving people or, 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 or advertising or marketing ourselves, we have enough population for us to serve and, and we have the capacity to take more, but 
we're seeing enough folks coming here. And so as they're coming here, as they're arriving here from wherever they are across Lincoln or wherever they are, whatever county they're, they're coming from, we're having very deliberate and intentional conversations with people to find out what more we can be doing for them. Um, and so that's something really special that we, we take pride in. You know, so I, it sounds like Michaela, do you mind, Kurt? Go so for it. So it sounds like Michaela, Michaela, obviously people come to you, so you're not really going out and seeking out uh, those folks that are that are looking for help. They come to you through these other agencies. You mentioned Catholic Social Services and Lutheran Family Services. And I suspect that there's a lot of coordination between the different service providers uh, in our community that uh, share information and uh, and provide pathways for people to end up going wherever they can find that help that is specific to them. Is that correct? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. What I, what I find so remarkable about Lincoln is the fact that that people do really do a nice job of, of serving the community. Um, and, and that that's in terms of that collaboration, that cross, that cross collaboration. Though I'm new to nonprofit in, in terms of working at this space, I have been on boards for the last 22 years. Um, and so I have served on nonprofit boards. And so it's so remarkable to see that 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 cross orientation and that that cross ability for people to really align with one another. So, with that, Mike, so when I hear that, I think of like a common coordinated entry system that we have within our local uh, homeless management system. Just just because you use it doesn't mean that you are homeless, but there's a common entry system. You would use that system too, don't you? You know, I guess. I don't know if I don't know how we necessarily use it. Steve, would sure. you maybe have a little bit more of a thought around that? Well, I guess maybe to take a step back, yeah. when, when you had mentioned about almost advertising for what we do, I think one of the biggest things that kind of got us to where the numbers are growing right now, and that includes some of the, the home, homeless population, is when the pandemic hit. We were outside under a tent in, in, the, in the elements serving anybody that showed up. So I think what that did is that really brought to light our services. And so there was a lot of people because we there was no verifications at that point. We figured if you showed up, we served needed it. Yeah, they needed it. They showed up because some people lost their jobs or they're underemployed or whatever the case may be. We just knew if you came to us, uh, you, you needed our services. And so we operated that way for a long time. Then as we came back inside and started kind of going through more of a verification system to make sure that we're serving who we say we serve, uh, I think we've kept some of those clients knowing who they are. Plus, we got a lot of airtime. We had Lincoln uh, television stations. We had even Omaha stations coming down and doing pieces on us. So I think that word just organically got out on what we were doing and what the volume of people we were doing. So I think in itself, I think that that grew our numbers and, and got that notoriety out there. And again, our, our homeless population has, unfortunately, uh, we've seen that grow and come sure. forward. My last question before our break, and, and where I was going with, the, with this question is that when we talk about coordinating our actions across many different nonprofits and the good work that you do, you know, there's always places to grow partnerships. At. And I just was curious about how how are you working with like the WIOA, the Workforce and Opportunities Investment Act, um, uh, that group in the mayor's office, Dylan Wren, uh, and then others. Um, how 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 has your network grown since the pandemic to better serve people? That's my last question before the half. Well, I, I'm, I'm a really, well, you know what, Steve and I, neither one of us are shy. 
Um, and so we have, we take every, we seize every chance we have to go and meet with folks. And then we also go seek them out. And so, you know, I'm new to this specific seat in nonprofit. And so I'm going out and, and, and letting folks know that, you know what, I want to know what you do. I want to collaborate. I want to see how better we can partner. I want to, I want to know what you do. I want to know, you know, I, I'm asking those questions. I have no problem asking all of the questions and, and being very inquisitive and, and truly genuine on what they do. And, and an interest. And so I'm going out and I'm seeking those conversations. Um, in banking, I, I knew a lot of folks um, within the Lincoln community. And so I'm, I'm capitalizing on, on those relationships that I had cultivated and created in that world. Um, and I'm, I'm reaching out and I'm saying, hey, how do I get in touch with this person? You know, connect me. I think, you know, it's that, that whole seven touches to Kevin Bacon or whatever that analogy is. <laughs> you know, we all know yeah. everybody. It's just right. it's just asking and, and finding out. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm seeking those opportunities and finding out how best I can learn, how best I can collaborate, and how best I can learn from others and then bring it into our space and our environment. And what Steve's a, pretty darn masterful at it as well. <laughs> wonderful transition. Lynn, let's take yep. that into the next half. So we're having a conversation with Michaela Carter, the executive director and Steve Sheridan, the deputy director of the Center for People in Need. We're gonna take a short break. We'll be back in two minutes. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Our Street, Lynn Fisher and Kurt Elder today. And we're speaking with Michaela Carter and Steve Sheridan. They're both with the Center for People in Need. And we talked briefly in the break there about some other things and or things that the center does. And uh, when you started off, Michaela, you explained uh, one of the, besides food, uh, diapers are, are really a big part of what you do for folks. Uh, tell us about your diaper bank. Yeah, absolutely. So two years ago, um, the Center for People in Need recognized the need within our community to provide diapers to to folks. And so um, it it was you know Steve was part of that decision making and that that executive team that brought it forward. And so uh, the Center for People in Need registered with a national diaper bank and became an actual diaper bank. There's a certification process, and they became that. And so over the last two years. The center has been able to distribute diapers in, in packs of 50 um, to individuals, to, 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 to children ages zero to uh, five years old. We're able to distribute diapers to those individuals um, on a monthly basis. And so month over month, we have seen an increase, which is just incredible. Um, in, from, from in July, we were able to serve 853 children, which was up 38 kids from June. And then in August, we went up 84 children that we served from July. So each month, we continue to see an increase in the need to continues to grow. And so we're, we're honored, we're thrilled with the generosity of, of, of a lot of partners here in Lincoln and, and donors. We're able to provide those children with diapers that weren't able to necessarily re receive them in the past because Lincoln didn't have a diaper bank. So we serve in that space right now. Have you been a supplier of baby formula and with the shortage, tell us about how that's been going. Steve, I'll let you share that because yeah. I know we haven't done much. Yeah, not so much um, with the formula. We do provide baby wipes, which is which is something that all, not all diaper banks do and provide. So we, that's, that's been a priority to us to be able to provide those wipes along with the diapers formula. That's a whole other, whole, whole other issue. We do get some donated, um, um, 
on occasions and we kind of hoard that and then we give them out to those who are in desperate need but that's very small amount so it's not something that we yeah. we, we have on a regular basis yeah tell, tell us about your food uh, program uh, how does that work and what's different from your program say with the food bank well, they work hand in hand together. Um, the food bank brings brings us the food or okay. um, we'll go get food. There are times we'll pick up from the food bank two or three times a day uh, with the amount of people that we're seeing. Like Michaela touched on earlier, we served over 1,800 families uh, just last week alone. And we haven't done that for, I was going back in, in my calendar and uh, I was till last, next, last October and we hadn't got there. It was a matter of fact, that was about 1,100 and now we're at 1800 so that number keeps going up so the food bank does a tremendous job of, of giving us the, the food and the quantities that we need um, and we have a truck that we can go and pick it up when we need it and it's been a really good collaboration good partnership and uh, um, we as a matter of fact Michael and I had a, had a visited their new site last week which is tremendous mm -hmm. So I so so I know that the center is just a you know just just doing good work all over the place, and as much as I want to ask about you know how you how people get involved with with either card or just coming to the site and just you know and you serve who who then presents themselves, those are really good things. And I know I want to end the show with how can people be involved, but mm -hmm. what I really want to learn more about is what are your goals, what are your dreams, what are your gaps. So let's start with your top one or two goals, or if you want to stop, you know, start with, with your number one dream. So how about us? What's your number one dream? What's your number two goals? And what gaps do you have that you need help filling? Okay, boss, take this one. Here's the thing. I think they all, they all come together. They all blur together. And that's right. the beauty of it, Kurt. Our right. hopes, dreams, and gaps are really in that education piece. And again, I'm going to kind of hit on that is, is the fact that when you're in the cycle of poverty, it's very, very difficult to get out of. Um, it's not as simple as, you know, if you just pull yourself up by the bootstraps, that is a very naive and insensitive, you know, commentary. It's really the space that we want to provide is to be able to provide opportunities. And that's where we see our go forward plan. That is our hope. That is our dream. We are, we are, we come together. <laughs> I'm always popping in people's office and saying, okay, what about this? What if we did this? And then, and then, and then we start brainstorming and we we're thinking big and I keep challenging everybody. Think bigger, think bigger, think bigger, because you know what? One of these times we're going to be able to find it and it's going to make sense and it's going to work. And, and, and that's really what it's all about is, is we want to grow our, our education platform so that we can provide people opportunity. And so that when they think of, of, of a career path, when they think of benefits, when they think of a living wage, they think that, that and they know that we're gonna support them through that. And so that is our goal. And we're, we're, we're creating it already. Our, our Google platform, our POP scholarship right now. And Kurt and Lynn, stay tuned because we got big things on the horizon. <laughs> I like That's it. That's terrific. That's great, Michaela. Tell, tell us what kind of data points you're able to collect. And do you have any statistics about you know, how long people uh, are tapping into your resources? Do you see a lot of success stories? Is, do you have any stats to share? Can you, I love can you, you give asking us a story? that because we, we do, that is one of our, our, our key points that we're going to be building out for 2023. We do have data collection that we do create, but it's more from a simplistic standpoint of finding out how many times people have come to the food bank and have they already come in this week or have they already gotten their diapers for the month? 
what I want to build and what we're working on right now, actually, uh, we have a meeting scheduled tomorrow with with a with a individual that is is working in in our mainframe to see what we can build out is we want those success stories. I want to know, I want to know, Kurt, that you came to the center and we were able to provide you with, with food and diapers during a time that was very difficult. But we also talked to you about going through our POP program. And so then you enrolled in our POP program and you went to school at SCC for two years and you got a degree in XYZ. And then and then and then you were able to get a job. We were able to help you find a job because we also connect with employers. That Lynn is what we're working on right now. We do have we have stories from people that have shared them with us, but we haven't done the best job with connecting all of our touch points. And we absolutely will be doing that definitely by 2023. Um, and so we'll have more of that data right now. Again, they're just one offs that we're collecting and getting, which are special and wonderful. But we want a storyline that we can share on repeat and show those successes over and over and over again because we know they're there we just need to now we need to create identity around them and there's so many ways to share knowledge so there's there there's there's tools and metrics and weights that you can give each action and do additive pieces and say with if i gave someone a food box that would be a one point if i gave someone a college education that'd be 10 points and then then you can say how much weight does it need to move a person or family, a household from one point to another, then you can begin to create a predictive model and say, these are pathways forward that are more data-driven, correct? Yes, absolutely. 100%. Preach, right? Preach. Preach. You know, and, and we are moving in that direction, yeah. full uh, speed ahead. Well, those are big endeavors and those take a lot of talent, time, and uh, man, good luck to you. That That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Tell us, tell us Tell us about your reentry program for those who've been incarcerated. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So we have our reentry program, and, and so we see a lot of folks that are still um, incarcerated currently, um, and they're going to be they're going to be out on parole soon. So they're going through proactively um, while they're still incarcerated, and they're learning a skill. They're learning they're learning those soft skills of of, of, of interview and 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 how to work with others in the in the work environment and building a resume. And so we work with with those individuals. Um, Twice a day, we have we have folks that are dropped off at the center, um, and then are, are picked up. Um, but we also offer to those folks that are that are parolees. So, 18 months post parole, if you're a parolee, um, 18 months, you're able to come in and, and 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 take advantage of these services. And so, that's something we would definitely like to showcase more of, and we'd like to continue to grow that out as well, um, because there is such an opportunity, um, and and it is definitely a group of, of individuals that we absolutely want to support. As much as I'd love to ask questions about how you interface with like Ruth and uh, within her uh, release and restored program uh, and other things like that, I know we're getting short on time. If people want to learn more about the center, um, the good work that you do, or if they want to be involved, what are ways that people can learn more about that? Steve, I'll let you share. Yeah, I mean, go to our website, um, cfpin.org. Uh, you can volunteer, you can donate, you can learn about the history of us set up a tour we'd be glad to take groups through and show them what we do it's one thing when you talk about what we do it's another thing when you see what we do when you see the volume of people that come through and go through our doors it, it's very um there's that wow moment that there hasn't been a group that i haven't toured through where they would just be blown away by what they see in the volume of people and the storage um, it's a very large building um 
we run pretty efficiently. We get a lot of people in, we get people out. Uh, we get a lot of smiles, a lot of thank yous. And um, so uh, I guess those are the things that I would really encourage people to do is to, to come see us, come visit us, come volunteer, spend some time, and uh, you'll get to really see the heartbeat of our, our agency. And there's such, dignity. there's such dignity in our process too. When we serve people, we just, we serve with dignity. Sure. On any, on any day, how many uh, paid employees, staff do you have and how many volunteers? <laughs> Uh, in a minute or less we have 30 we have 30 30 employees um 30 ftes um and volunteers you know what it depends it it varies from day to day um sometimes i just saw the volunteer schedule come out and some days we'll have 10 volunteers and other days it'll just be our team that's operating it um and then we have volunteers that literally show up every single day um like like they're an employee it's just it's so remarkable to me and so it's there's we couldn't do our work without volunteers the numbers vary from day to day but truly we're thankful for every single moment and every single one of them so what's the address on north 27th again we are 3901 north 27th street unit one because we're also attached to voc rehab so we're on the south uh west corner and the and the website one more time cfpin.org okay very good well lynn fisher here for kurt elder saying thanks again for listening to our street and thank you to michaela carter the executive director and steve sheridan the deputy director of the center for people in need thanks so much for telling your story and uh, hope you come back to the show again sometime absolutely love to thank you for having us All right, thanks for listening to Our Street. We'll see you next week.